Welcome to week seven of the Contender Series Breakdowns. The season is flying by considering we only have four more cards after this one. But uh, last weekend was a great result. We swept the board 5-0 on all predictions and came through pretty big that night. Very happy especially to call Gian Matsumoto who seemed to be uh, on the opposite end of the action that was coming in. Especially for the last 24 hours leading up to the card as a lot of people were on Casey Tanner. But I steadfast on the Gian Matsumoto side and it paid off for us so I was very happy in regards to that this card is going to be a little bit trickier to, to break down I got a couple underdogs that I like here as well and I feel pretty good about them but we'll see if we can replicate the 5-0 run that we had last time around so without wasting too much more time let's get right into the breakdowns for this five fight card first fight up that we got is Igor De Silva going up against Janata Silva very intriguing fight here between a 20-year-old in Igor De Silva and Janata Silva, who had a four or near four-year-long layoff before making his return earlier this year for Cage Warriors. We'll start off on the De Silva side, who is 7-0 and finished all of his opponents. He's a very solid striker with very good power and does a great job in terms of getting from point A to point B before his opponent can even react. He also has a very aggressive uh, submission game as well, whether it's from bottom or even jumping and latching onto a guillotine choke, which he's been able to complete in a couple of his fights. He's only a BJJ purple belt, but it's clear to see that it's going to be not that long until he's able to achieve his brown belt. He has a solid amount of training partners, and I feel as though he's one of those kids that, even at this age, he could probably do some damage in the UFC, uh, considering the amount of experience that he has and how high level his skill set is. His opponent, Janata Silva, like I had mentioned, had a four-year layoff from 2019 until earlier this year before he uh, jumped into the cage for Cage Warriors and came through as a plus-150 underdog against Stipe Bercic. That was a fight where we showcased the best version of Janata Silva, which is a patient striker and a very disciplined striker waiting for his openings to attack his opponents. He often is a little bit too low volume at times, but he makes sure he makes all of his strikes count, whether it's that body kick or even if it's just uh, the ability to set up the head kick in deeper waters. He's very good in terms of springing traps on his opponents and making them pay for it. He's very sharp with his hands. His takedown defense is improving, although I would say that's probably the the weakest part of his game but for the most part he does a great job in terms of implementing his striking and at a certain point making his opponents react to his striking because of how accurate and how much damage he's able to inflict he used to train out of the att branch in uh in rome from 2020 and on but recently it seems like he's gone back to his home at novo now and training with andre pedineris and the rest of the killers at that team in terms of how I see this fight playing out, I really believe that uh, Igor Da Silva has the edge here in terms of his speed, power, and activity level. And that could end up being the difference maker in this matchup. I'm a big fan of Janata Silva, and I feel like he's a kid that could have some success in the UFC if he were to make it to the next level. But I just feel like his low-volume approach won't be able to overcome the uh, the style of Igor Da Silva here. Da Silva's speed and his power will be a little bit too much for Silva to handle and I will expect De Silva to end up getting his hand raised with the second round finish. Next up we got a uh, matchup between Kanan Krushevsky going up against Dylan Mantello. 
On the Khrushchevsky side, this is a fighter that's 14-1 and and is currently the defending lightweight champion over there for Jungle Fight, which in my opinion is probably the maybe the second best promotion in Brazil outside of LFA whenever they go down there. But Jungle Fight is a promotion that's been around for a long time and Khrushchevsky has gotten a great amount of experience fighting the higher level opponents that they have to offer. This is a guy that's been fighting pretty much all over the world, even competed in Aries FC and had a close uh, decision loss to Damian Lapalus, who's Taylor Lapalus's brother. But that fight ended up getting changed to a no contest due to a positive drug test on the Lapalus side. Khrushchevsky is a very solid striker who throws in combinations but also has the ability to grind his opponents down when he's able to get them to the mat and utilize his BJJ. He's a BJJ black belt and he does a great job in terms of looking for submissions when he's in the top position but he also doesn't mind just controlling his opponents and eating up clock with his control time and the little bit of damage he's able to inflict from that top position. His opponent, Dylan Mantello, comes out of the Cerro Longo camp and has had a lot of his fights under the CFFC banner as well as Ring of Combat. Most recently, he was able to pick up a victory back in April where he knocked out, a, or sorry, latched onto a guillotine choke over his opponent who had battered and bruised him for the majority of the first round until the last 10 seconds when Mantello was able to latch onto that guillotine and force the tap. In my opinion, I don't know why he's completely getting this opportunity in the contender series. I get it. He's on a three-fight winning streak with all three finishes uh, in those fights as well. But in terms of a skill set and potential, I don't really see it. He's a long, lanky striker who likes to utilize his one-two down the pipe. He has a decent front kick up the middle as well. But I think his lack of speed and uh, striking defense really leaves him vulnerable against better strikers. Like I said, even in his last matchup against Charlie Alexander, who he had a solid reach and height advantage over, he got dropped a couple of times in that fight and it just, it just didn't look the greatest. Um, in this fight specifically, I, I feel Khrushchevsky is the side, even at the uh, the chalk that he's at. Um, you know, this kind of reminds me of Kike Brito going up against um, Oban Elliott from a couple weeks ago on the Contender Series. But I feel a little bit more confident in the Khrushchevsky side, considering that I believe that Mantello is not as good as Elliott was bringing uh, was was showca- showcasing. Khrushchevsky, uh, he should have the striking advantage here, and I believe that he'll be able to utilize the speed to close the distance and land on that chin of Mantello and put him out probably by the second round. I, I think that Kanan has enough experience to be successful in the UFC, and I feel like this is probably one of his easier fights over his last several fights. So give me uh, Khrushchevsky and Khrushchevsky inside the distance. Next up, we got a solid women's matchup here between Talita Alencar going up against Stephanie Luciano. Starting off on the Alan Carr side, this is a fighter I've heard about for a, the last couple of years, specifically due to her high-level BJJ accolades. She is only 4-0 as a professional, but she does a great job in terms of implementing her style, getting fights to the ground, and controlling her opponents until she's able to open up a submission opportunity and get the finish. She's only gone to a decision once in her uh, pro career thus far, but she shows a good enough gas tank to go out there and really implement her style. Going into researching her when I did it earlier this year for her LFA fight, I was really getting Jacqueline Amarim vibes. Uh, but I believe the difference between the two is that Amarim was finishing her opponents uh, in the first round. And then when we saw her get into deep waters, she was starting to fade away and obviously ended up losing. Whereas Alan Carr has been into deep waters and she's still successful with her style. 
She still needs to work on her striking, of course, as that's pretty much the only part of her game that's lacking. Her wrestling is not that bad, and obviously her control is very high level. But I think she's, she could run into some trouble here against Rondinha. Obviously, Rondinha is the Brazilian translation uh, for Little Ronda, as uh, a lot of people believe that she looks like her. She even comes up to the Joan Jett song whenever she uh, is competing on the uh, Brazilian regional scene. She's 5-1 and one through her six professional fights, with her lone loss coming at the beginning of 2022. Lucinia is currently riding a two-fight winning streak, uh, and both of those opponents that she defeated have a combined record of 7-0, and oh, so she's actually fighting some pretty good competition uh, w- with where she's at. Uh, she's a very strong striker, and I think that's where she shines the most, where she's able to utilize her distance and batter her opponents from distance with those one-twos down the, uh, down the middle, as well as a very active kicking game as well. I'm very impressed with her takedown defense, as well as her ability to work back to her feet when she does get taken down. She has defeated a pretty high-level BJJ black belt in the past, showcasing that she can show, uh, show great discipline and great patience to eventually work back to her feet and then get the round back after landing more damaging blows. And I think that's going to be the key factor in this matchup. Alan Carr might be able to secure some takedowns, but I'm not 100% sold that she'll be able to lock up a submission. I fully think that we'll see Luciana um, stuff the takedowns in deeper waters, utilize her damage-based striking game, which is really going to hurt Alan Carr here. And we'll see the, the size advantage for Luciano come through here. You know, it's going to get harder and harder for Alan Carr to secure those top positions and secure those dominant positions as Luciano continues to work back to her feet and then utilizing her striking to really hurt Alan Carr and slow her down in deep waters. So I think we'll see a, a very disciplined approach here from Luciano to hurt Alan Carr and win this fight by decision. Next up, we got Jacoby Jones going up against Daniel James Allen. We'll start off on the Jones side, who is currently the LFA champion over there. And he uh, had a couple of, uh, well, at least one speed bump in the road as he was a very highly touted prospect and probably should have been in the UFC before this. Uh, He ended up giving up a submission victory back in February 2022, uh, but since then has rebounded with three straight victories. And then, like I said, the last time around was a LFA title winning effort as he finished his opponent in the second round he has a wrestling background and he uses it kind of effectively although i expected more with how much they were uh, uh they were praising his wrestling accolades defensively speaking i gotta say he left some holds that i wasn't really happy about you know even though he was winning uh, ended up winning the fights where he showed those defensive wrestling holes uh, i feel like a better wrestler could take advantage of those spots against him his striking's not too bad and training out of factory x you know he has a great head coach mark montoya but also great training partners as well who have seen the highest levels of the sport and can kind of uh, instill that wisdom in him on the flip side for daniel james allen he's 4-0 with only one one fight since the ending of 2021. He hasn't been that active, but the last time we saw him in the cage earlier this year, he showcased what he's best at. And he's showcasing that AKA wrestling style where he has been so dominant in terms of taking his opponents to the ground and grinding them out. It's not the most impressive style, especially for a show like the Contender Series. So if he does end up getting a win here, I don't really see him getting his uh, ticket into the UFC unless, of course, Dana reads into the fact that he was a 
two and a half to one underdog going into this matchup. And that's kind of what I'm going to be leaning on here as I lay down in Jacoby's background that I wasn't really impressed with his defensive wrestling. And you got a guy in Allen here who is training with the likes of Usman Nurmagomedov and the rest of the guys over there at AKA and getting in that wrestling. Like that's just his style. He's so hard to deal with, especially with the way he's able to chain his attempts, get his opponents to the ground and showcase solid cardio while doing so. His cardio in his second last fight, I'll admit, probably not the greatest, but I thought he looked really good in his last matchup where he showcased solid uh, cardio and gas for over 15 minutes while implementing his style the entire time. And I feel like he can do that here against Jones. Again, Jones, I feel, might be getting that George Hardwick rub where it's like you got a champion from a well-known organization going up against a guy that's not really that well-known amongst the diehards. But I feel like we're getting a good price here on James uh, uh, Daniel James Allen at plus 265. This is a no-brainer shot as he has the style to exploit the flaw, in my opinion, in Jacoby Jones' game. If he's unable to get this fight to the ground, it could end up looking ugly. But I think that Allen can do enough in the first two rounds to control this matchup and get his hand raised by decision. And then finally, in the main event of this Contender Series card, we got heavyweights thrown down here as we have undefeated fighters Shamil Gadziev going up against Greg Velasco. Gadziev is a guy who has uh, 10 victories, 9 of them coming by finish, and he's a very strong and powerful wrestler that almost nobody can do anything about. This is a guy that goes out there and within the first 10 seconds of every fight just smashes forward and looks to get his opponents to the ground is, and is 90% of the time successful with it. These guys are unable to stop the, the Bigfoot of Dagestan, I think they call him, that this guy is just so... Um, uh, so powerful, so explosive when he gets gets in on the hips of his opponents and then he just smashes those, them to the ground and eventually finds a finish in the first or second round by getting to a dominant position, laying down some ground and pound or end up finding a submission and getting them out there that way as well. He's had some decent competition on the regional scene, including former UFC fighter Darko Stosic last time around, who he defeated earlier this year uh, by knockout. Beautiful win for him there. Uh, and a, a guy that I... I think that could make some noise in the heavyweight division right from jump. His opponent this weekend, Greg Velasco, is the current CFFC heavyweight champion. And I got to say, I'm probably not that impressed with him. I actually ended up fading in with a pretty big underdog last time around in Ronald Coleman. And it was looking good for about 90% of that matchup before Coleman seemed to uh, completely gas out. And we saw Velasco reverse a position and just start laying down some ground and pound to get the finish. There's been multiple fights now where I've seen Velasco on the losing end of the fight for almost 90% of the entirety of the fight uh, and then going out there and just outlasting his opponent with his cardio and taking over and getting a finish. Um, I think it was the Edwin Smart fight as well. He was losing the majority of that until he got the heel hook at the end. And it was still a very suspicious finish to that as I believe that the, the referee prematurely stopped that fight. Regardless, Velasco is a dense big man. He's kind of like a, a heavyweight version of Husamar Paul Harris in terms of his stature. Uh, but, you know, he's one of those guys that looks to utilize his grappling as well, take his opponents to the ground and grind them up from that top position until he's able to wear on them enough to get them out of there late. I'd say the best part of him is the fact that he has decent cardio for a guy built the way that he is. But outside of that, you know, there's not much that I can really latch onto that makes me believe that he's going to be a successful heavyweight. I really think that Godziev goes out there and just smashes this guy. You know, no disrespect to Velasco, but I think that Godziev has the perfect style to take Velasco to the ground, work to a dominant position, and get him out of there. 
There's a reason he's a minus 600 favorite, and I completely understand why. So give me Gadziev, Gadziev inside the distance. But I'll say this. The under one and a half is chalky as hell up, minus 225. I'm actually going to pass on that because this could be one of those fights where Velasco stays active enough from bottom that he has to get into the deep waters to eventually get taken out. But I think that Gadziev has enough cardio that he won't give up a bad position here and he should be able to finish this fight regardless. So I think that we'll see a, a finish here from Gadziev probably within the first 10 minutes, but I'm going to pass on the under one and a half. Maybe just throw Gadziev into a parlay or something just to guarantee his win, but I think he wins this fight relatively easily. And there you guys go, breakdowns on all five fights in the Contender Series. As you guys are watching this, you're probably watching it on Tuesday afternoon. The fights are later on today. So uh, in regards to my UFC breakdown, that will come tomorrow, um, uh, probably tomorrow evening. We'll have to push it. Um, but uh, big, big week. A ton of content to come out. Not just UFC, but we got a 21-fight Bellator card as well later on this week. Look for that breakdown to come out on Friday. Uh, and then I believe there's an LFA card this week as well. Uh, that you'll be able to find breakdowns for that specifically on the patreon page all right that's a wrap on my end let me get to editing this and dropping this for you guys and then i'll be back uh later this week probably by tomorrow to drop breakdowns for the ufc card appreciate you guys love you guys and i'll see you guys then peace